You are listening to audio messages from Sunday mornings at Horizon. It is our hope and desire that this podcast would be a useful tool in your growth and in your walk with Christ. If you've not yet subscribed to our various channels, make sure you do so in order to stay up to date with the most current messages. More information about Horizon, as well as notes for this message, can be found at www.horizonweb.org. Well, good morning. Today is Mission Sunday. Today is a day of celebration um, that we will hopefully leave this building convicted and encouraged. Um, Each year at Horizon, we get to spend time sharing stories of what God has done in our mission trips through the summer. So that is North Coast Challenge, our student and family Mexico trips, and local ministries here as well that have been reaching out in our community. If you pull out your um, sermon notes on the back of that, you will see many different mission organizations and ministries. Um, Some of those have more detail in them, some mission groups that we support as a church. Um, You see Lost Choice Palmas, which is also Real Life Ministries, Children of the Hour, um, Aspect Ministries, Horizon Ministries in Nicaragua. There's many there. Um, We also see some that many of us are familiar with, Operation Christmas Child, which is taking place in a couple months. Um, Living Water, Sunshine Food Closet here in Galtz. Um, 118 Center out of Lodi. And then the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. You can see at the bottom how much money has been given through Horizon, through our tithes so far this year. So that alone is something um, to celebrate. Many of you here have been a part of those physically, giving up your time um, financially and prayerfully as well. So before I get too far, I do want to introduce myself. My name is Brooke Sanguinetti. Um, It's been a long time since I've been on stage on Sunday morning. I am the children's and junior high director here at Horizon for first through eighth grade. Um, And I've been here for the past three years, although I did grow up at the church. So many more years than that. Um, I have a privilege of co-leading and leading our student and family Mexico trips. Um, And I've been really fortunate to have many opportunities to spend time in Mexico. I started going in high school like many of you or many of your students have started building homes, um, just like we're still doing. And then I had the opportunity in college as well to do internships um, with Dennis and Debbie down at Real Life Ministries. So all of that um, during those trips gave me a little bit of a glimpse of what full-time mission work is all about. Um, And I learned that full-time missionaries uh, put a lot of hard work in. I saw that from them living it out. Um, It's very exhausting. Oftentimes they have very limited rewards, um, limited resources for sure and help from others. But I've also seen how amazing it is, um, how when uh, God's kingdom starts growing and when progress is being made in those ministries, how there's no reward like it. I reminisce a lot about my time in Mexico. Um, Whether it was a week-long trip or longer, I focus on the people specifically that I met there. And right now, lately, I've been spending a lot of time praying for a specific family. Um, They have been invested in one of the churches that we are involved in in Mexico. And they have a lot of physical needs. Their two daughters do specifically. Uh, One of them getting multiple surgeries done for a cleft lip. One of them dealing with epilepsy. And I see how limited resources have really impacted the family. 
but I also am um, spending a lot of time in prayer because this is now giving the missionaries their opportunities to reach out to them, um, to fulfill those physical needs that they have, but more importantly, to pour into their spiritual life as well. So I sit and pray often for those missionaries. Um, their work is heavy. Um, in this community specifically that I spend time in, they have so many physical needs, it's unreal. Um, and so I spend time in prayer for them. When I get back from Mexico mission trips, whether it's a week long with our students or I spend more time down there, I have to go through this process often um, because I feel guilt a lot um, when you go down there. You see how much need is down there. Um, and I feel incredibly unworthy of the life I have here. Uh, living in a comfortable home, having food on my table 24-7 whenever I want. Um, I battle through those emotions, and obviously I battle through it year-round. It doesn't, it doesn't go away. Um, but we just live such a fortunate life here. And so I go through those um, because my heart weighs heavy for these individuals that, that don't have that. And it's not just this community in Mexico. We can all agree with that. Um, it's all over the place. But when my heart weighs heavy, I often question, how do I walk humbly and obediently with the Lord? Because these um, types of situations, it's overwhelming. We see the amount of mission organizations and ministries that we support as a church. And as one person you or I, we can't do it all, um, but together we can make a big difference. So I look towards the encouragement that Paul gives us in Philippians, um, Philippians chapter two, because he gives us instructions on what it looks like and why we should walk humbly and obediently. So starting in Philippians two, um, chapter 12 through 13, it reads, therefore, my dear friends, have you, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now this verse, when I initially read it, I see um, two things that stand out. The first two is that we're not supposed to live comfortable in our salvation and that God provides us the power. God doesn't want us to sit still. Sometimes we're called to, right? But he wants us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling while also knowing that God is the one working in us. He's giving us the power to do so. And as I dive deeper into this passage and I try to figure out what working out our salvation actually means, I focus on the therefore that's at the beginning of these verses. And that tells me to read the previous verses 9 through 11. And it says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Jesus is said here to be our ultimate example. God exalted him to the highest place and he gave him the name above all names. But I ask myself, why? Now, obviously, we know that Jesus is our example. He walked on earth as the example for us to follow. But to get more details, I go back because there's that therefore at the beginning as well. So verses 6 through 8, they read who, being in the very nature 
of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus, whom is equal to God, never used his position for his own advantage. I have a hard time grasping that um, because there's many times in my life that I go to God when I need him, right? When I need him in prayer, whatever it is. Um, but when life is good, I can easily set him aside. But instead, Jesus shows us here that he made himself nothing. He made himself in human form and he humbled himself as a servant. Now, we had the opportunity this um, past year, the year before as well, to build a home for a family of almost five now. Um, the couple's name are Julio and Abby, and they are in the heart of ministry. It's really special when you get to build a home for a family that is doing God's work. Um, they have two biological kids, one that is due at the end of the month, and they work for an orphanage four days of the week. That orphanage houses anywhere from 20 to 30 kids. And while they are there for those four days, they're their sole providers. Um, I just assumed they handled the basic needs with 20 to 30 kids, um, but they also take them to sports, music classes. They have tutors for them. They really go above and beyond. Now, I laughed with the mom and dad because I said, I like youth. Obviously, that's my job. I hope I like youth. Um, but 20 to 30 kids, 24 hours a day, that would be, I, I'd, I'd quit my job. Sorry, Horizon. Um, but Horizon has now built them this home as a refuge. So for the three days that they are not working, they get to go away as a family and be their family in this home. So then I started talking to them um, about where they go to church. And so Julio was talking about they go to church about five minutes down the road. And he's going on and on about their church vision, um, about um, just that they need a church in that community basically because there's no church there. Um, and so we talked about it and the conversation went by. But when I got home after that week, I added them both on Facebook. Thank you, technology. And I see that he's actually pastoring this church, which just blew me away. That in your three days off, you're gonna go and pastor a church that has, they put about 20 chairs out and it is about easy ups in a field is their church. Um, this couple literally gives up everything. And to them, I'm just mesmerized at the type of life that they live. I'm grateful for the example that they give us. Um, and I think many people on the family trip really consider them friends um, just because of how they live, how they connect with people. Now, statistically speaking, the majority of us are not going to become missionaries. Some of us will never even attend a mission trip in our life. So these verses um, in Philippians 2 are going to speak to each of us differently. We're not all going to live this lifestyle that Julio and Abby have. Um, but I want you to think about what God wants you to do to walk humbly and obediently with God. Being a servant can look like full-time missions. It can look like full-time ministries. It can also look like local evangelism, involvement in local organizations, working a full-time job and sending money being a servant, living out the plan that God has specifically written for you is going to look different than the person sitting next to you. However, there are similarities, no matter where your role is, no matter what your calling is. God in verses 12 through 13 
is commanding us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. This is not to frighten us that we can lose our salvation. The Bible is very clear um, on that and clear that our salvation comes from grace alone. To work out in these verses, it means to continually work to bring something to completion or fruition. It's not using our salvation for our own advantage, but by being a servant that walks humbly and obediently, just as Jesus did. Now for Jesus, that meant death, but for us, that's going might mean something else or could mean that, I guess. This fear that is talked about in these verses is not the fear that we understand it today. It's the respect, it's the humility that we have for God's position over us. And trembling because we know that we cannot take on this commandment by ourselves. God is working in us and we need to cling on to him as we try to make this happen. As we become overwhelmed with the amount of work that is here to be done. Because this command to work out our salvation is telling us to live a humble and obedient life to the standard that Jesus left us. I look at how Julio and Abby lived their life and I think how in the world could I even live to that standard? But Jesus' standard is far more perfect, is far more challenging for us to live up to and that's what this verse is calling us to do. It's heavy. <laughs> it's heavy for me to read that and to think that there's that much work out there to do. The fact that there's 7,000 people groups whom have never heard the gospel, it eats at me. It literally makes me sick to my stomach to know that there's people out there that have never heard about Jesus, that don't even have a missionary out there, that don't have a Bible to read. The church that we go to on our family trip that we host our vacation Bible school at, um, it's called Ziwi de Vida. And they don't have the privilege of, the, of having a thousand biblical resources like we do. This community is in a migrant community. Some of you have heard me talk about them um, but most of them don't speak Spanish. They speak Mixtec, which is an indigenous language in Mexico, and it has about 57 dialects. So learning the language is incredibly hard for the locals to even do. Um, now, they've been a part of this church. This ministry has been there for over 20 years. Um, when we started partnering with them about five or six years ago, there was about 10, maybe 15 people in, in, involved in the church I should say adults, they always have 60, 100 kids. They always show up. Um, but of those adults, maybe one man would show up. The rest of them were women. And now we just went there this last year, and they had well over 50 people there. They had more men there. Um, and, of course, their kids' numbers increase as well. Uh, but it's a celebration, but it also is a reminder to those missionaries that they have a lot of work to be done because many of those people sitting in that room, they do a service in Spanish and they don't speak Spanish very well, if at all. But they're coming to church to try to learn. Now really in celebration, they have um, someone that's a part of their church that has been discipled for quite some time that is almost ready to start translating a service from Spanish to Mistec which is so exciting to know that these people will finally hear the true gospel, likely for the first time. Now, some of their kids translate because they're going to school and they've learned some Spanish, but not always. You're relying on kids at that point. These, these individuals, whether they had a Bible, they, don't, they never went to school, they've worked the field, so they wouldn't even be able to read the Bible. 
So it rely, they rely on these missionaries to go out um, and, and preach to them in their language. It also makes me sick to know that it would only take 0.3% of Christian income to send out missionaries to all of the unreached people group. Only one in every 78,000 Christian people to go as missionaries to have each area covered. Now, like I said, I know not every one of us are going to be missionaries. In fact, most of us will not. And I know that these statements are far more complex than just sending a random person out. I know it's all a part of God's plan, but I also know that how we live here in the United States, how I spend my money, how I dive into my own calling or not, is going to affect how God's word um, is going to be spread and how his kingdom will grow. God is commanding us to live obediently every single day of our lives, and he wants us to do it humbly and obediently just like Jesus did. I fail every day at this. My goal is to work out my salvation, but when I fail, I pray that I can continually work until it is complete. I don't know what completion is going to look like in my life, and I don't think you do either. But we have many people in our church whom are continually working to make Jesus' name known. That continue to be a servant and walk humbly and obediently. So as we, as we sit here, it's heavy for me. It's hard for me to talk about because it challenges me. <laughs> knowing that I have to do more as a believer for Christ. But I also get to sit here on Sunday morning as many of them prep burritos and, and talking with people that have been on these mission trips and see the lives that have changed because of them. The lives that have changed for those there, but the lives that have changed for those here that have gone on trips. And so I want you all to draw your attention to the screen as our first video kicks off. All right. Well, good morning, Horizon. Round of applause. So my name is Tim Sanguinetti. I'm Brooke's other half. Um, and I just want to say thank you for everyone who has ever been on a mission or who has ever supported a mission through Horizon. So thank you very much for that. Um, obviously, we can't, to support, can't do it without you guys. So thank you. Um, but I just want to say that these missions, being a part of a ministry can really change your life. Um, and not only change your life, but others around you. And so because of that, we like to have people come up on Mission Sunday and answer or ha have them answer some questions, give us more details about their trip or their ministry that they're doing. And so if we can start just uh, a little introduction, introduce your name, give us a brief recap of what you did uh, and how many years you've been apart. Okay. Uh, my name is Sanayla Vasquez. This the past year was my third time going uh, to Mexico with Horizon, and I went two times. I went for the family trip and the student trip, and it was so much fun, such different trips. You go with a different variety of people each trip. Um, I've been with Horizon for about four years. Uh, sadly, left this past summer to college, but I'm back for Mission Sunday because going to Mexico has just, from the first year going as a, going into my sophomore year of high school to leaving this past year was it's just, it's the different feeling that you get when you're down there, and it's so powerful to be a missionary down there, and I mean, it's powerful to be a missionary up here, but when you go down there, and for me, seeing, seeing my own people, seeing, um, serving Mexico is, is very, 
it's a strong passion of mine because it's hard to do up here and I try to do as much as possible, but when you're down there, it's you're helping the people that really, really need it, that are in so much just living in dirt and living in just conditions that we don't see up here. We don't, we don't live in dirt. We live on paved streets. We lived where there's a park with beautiful grass and a really nice playground. They, they don't have that, so it's, it's a different community that we go down there for. Yeah, my name is Dana, and um, I'm representing here um, just our city missions here in Gulf. Um, and uh, we've been, uh, I've been here for a year, right? And, and we've been doing a lot of different kind of city events, um, trying to, to reach out towards the city and just be present in our community. I mentioned up here uh, the summer market. And so uh, that's something we, we did every, uh, we try to do every month um, since May. And um, it's, it's really simple. If you've been out there, we just have a little booth and uh, we do face painting and, and um, play games, raise support for the Mexico mission trip and just try to connect with people. And, and uh, it's been a really interesting experience, especially, again, coming from another country here and uh, trying to reach out into the community here in Gulf. So. All right. Well, Zenaina, we're going to start with you with a couple questions. Um, you are part of the Mexico mission trips. You were able to have the privilege to go to both the student and the family trip. Um, what has God taught you through your mission? Um, a big thing God has taught me through my missions is like humility and compassion. Um, I just, going this past year, um, it was very humbling to go on the family trip because I was going thinking that I was going to do so well because I'm like, I'm the only young kid going. I'm going with all these mature people. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> I'm going to do so well. And the work ethic that a lot of these people had, the, the perseverance throughout the week of being like going through the first thing and being like, oh, I'm so tired. How am I going to do this for three more days? And they did it. We finished the house. It was an amazing house. And we did so much for the family, and it's just, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so fun to go to. Um, and then also just learning more about what I can do as a Spanish speaker going down there. Um, speaking for VBS, that was something God had really taught me. He humbled me on the first day because I got really nervous. I was like, my Spanish, like, left me. I was just like, how do I even speak Spanish? You know, it's not like I've been doing it my whole life. Um, and it just, it was very humbling to, like, get nervous and be like, okay, I obviously can't do this by myself. I need God with me. I need, I need to pray about it. And the next couple of days, I finally did good. And on the student trip, I think I did pretty well. But, um, but yeah, it was very like, okay, this isn't for me. This isn't for me to just be up here. This is for me to show God's presence to these kids because, their kids, and it's so lovely that they're coming here, but they probably won't hear it often going to Ava Vida with kids who are um, migrants and probably will be moving on and off and stuff. So this is this is my time to show God's presence. And that was what he really showed me this past year. So I know Mexico mission trips can be very fun, very fun, uh, but they can also take you out of your comfort zone. They could be challenging. And so, what helps you persevere in the hard times? Um, um, as we spoke in going to Agua Vida, I spoke to a lot of the kids there, and to Mark and to um, Lula. 
um, they kind of explained to me a lot of the kids' stories. Like this one girl who was 14 was ready to drop out of school to to basically date a boy and just live their life. And it was like, it baffled my mind because I was like, I could never, even at 18 right now, I couldn't just drop out of school because that's such a strong passion for me is to um, get a degree and get a job. And it, it was just like, I need to do this. I need to be here. I need to do VBS. I need to build this house because, because I can't just not do something. I can't, like this, the song, Do Something, I can't just sit around and just, just go on TikTok, go on <laughs> social media, you know? I can't do that every single day. I need to be out in the world and I need to help. And so that's what helped me really persevere through the heat, <laughs> through the exhaustion, but I mean, going to Mexico, it's it's not that much physical work, I feel like. It is a lot, but I feel like anybody can really do it. It's it's something that, that helps you persevere, is knowing people's stories there. Okay. And you might have explained a little bit, yeah. but the last question I have for you is, uh, what would you, what words of encouragement would you give to someone who might be nervous about committing to a Mexico mission trip? It's one week. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is one week, um, and you are only there, for f you're only physically doing something for four days, and you're hanging out, you're playing with chalk, you're getting churros, you're getting ice cream, you're getting a lot of snacks, really good food. Um, there's so much fun and excitement that goes into it that I think, I think anybody can do it, doesn't matter your age, uh, how strong you are, I'm 4'11", not that strong. I. I survived many weeks in Mexico. Um, there's also like um, the safety question. I never not felt safe in Mexico. I always had an adult, Micah, Tim, Robert. Uh, there's always somebody watching over you. There's, you're never alone. You're, you're always with even the workers that work down there. They won't let you leave anywhere by yourself. You're always safe and yeah. Well, thank you, Zenaida. Let's go ahead and give her a round of applause. So, Danish, going over to you, um, you know, you've been doing something new with the outreach in our community, with the Galt Market, and so I have the same question that I asked Anaida, what has God taught you through your ministry? Um, the, fir the first thing probably is, uh, is just patience, um, because it's one of those um, ministries, I feel like, where you don't have some sort of instant, instant result. Right? When you go to Mexico, you build a house, and there's a house, and you have a video, and, and you know, you know, you, in one week, I'm able to impact a community and a family. And then there's other ministries where you work maybe years, um, and not knowing. Uh, there's still an impact, but you don't know exactly what the impact is. And so just patience with that of, um, you know, we did this summer, and um, nothing, you know, extraordinary happened that, that um, from our eyes that we can see but to trust God that, that um, as we are being faithful and obedient, um, that he's still working and that we're patient with that slow work that he's doing in people's lives um, in our own community. Yeah. Last question. Uh, what has been the most meaningful story or experience so far that you've had? Um, probably, probably just meeting people and um, and knowing that just being present, again, has an impact on them, and talking to a few people saying, you know, well, I used to go to Horizon, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I, maybe I have this nudge of, I, I should go back to church, like, you know, we stopped going at COVID, and 
maybe we should go back, you know? And, and again, just being present there um, may give somebody that extra nudge, like, oh, Horizon still exists. There are still people here. Um, they're blessing our community. And, um, and so that was impactful of, of just, um, just being out there as a reminder to people, and they might, um, they might come back again. They might start following Christ closer um, just because of that one meeting. Awesome. Well, thank you for both of you for coming up here and talking. Let's go ahead and give them a round of applause. So right now, uh, we, you guys can focus on the screens, and we have a video for NC Squared. All right. On to North Coast Challenge. Um, so let's do the same thing as we did last time. Go ahead and just introduce yourself real fast. Uh, let us know a brief recap of what you do. Um, for your mission, and also let us know how many years you've been a part of it. Hello, good morning. Uh, Vanessa Sanchez, I've been with Horizon since a long time. Um, <laughs> right out of high school, and I graduated in 2000, so a while. Um, Horizon, how I've prepared for it, it's actually been on my bucket list since 2000, and I kept putting it off and putting it off. How many years have you been doing NC Square? This is my first year. First year. Okay. Very first year. Yeah. And what I did to prepare is ride. <laughs> ride, ride, and ride. All right. Good job. Robert? Oh, I just introduced himself. Sorry. I'm Robert. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, been doing uh, North Coast Challenge. Was, uh, this year was actually my first time, but um, I've done M360, I think, eight or nine times. And uh, like Vanessa said, I just ride bikes. That's how what you do to prepare is you just ride. Awesome. Well, Vanessa, I have a question for you. Um, doing the North Coast Challenge, um, what has God taught you through it? What, is it? what has he not taught me? Um, so back it up a little bit. In 2000, I got hit with COVID pretty bad. Um, it was on the brinks of going to the hospital bad. And he was already teaching me then to stop putting things off and live, live, not by the standards of what you, in your mind you can do, but what he has called you to do. And if it's in your mind and he keeps doing the tap and the knocking on the heart and the tap in the brain, and he usually, you know, ends up throwing a brick at you <laughs> and saying, wake up. And that's what COVID was for me, was a wake-up call to stop putting things off. You're here, you only have one life. Um, the things that are on a bucket list are there for a reason. He's put it in you. So he started teaching me then, and then the lessons just kept coming. I didn't want to be the fat kid in the back of the, you know, of the group riding a bike. I hate that feeling. And so I never felt that way with this group. I never felt like I couldn't finish. Um, this group was amazing, amazing. There are no words to describe the pink posse, Robert and his brother. There's no words to describe the, the hug that you felt getting on a bike and stumbling to even put your foot on a pedal. You know, it was just, it was more of encouragement that you need just to know that just come for the experience. Come to know that you have a calling for a reason. And um, the reasons were so many 
that God had already, I wrote for Team Vicky, which was my grandmother, who um, was a survivor of domestic violence. She had eight kids. She left, she got married when she was 13. She left a very abusive relationship. She had her leave all her seven kids behind. She only got to take one. Um, so even during the ride, knowing what I was writing for, it was just, he was teaching me how to close a loop of violence and close a loop of harboring old issues and chains that were grabbing a hold of you know, my family. And so I was able to use social media to, to speak out and have family be, family be able to heal just from that. So the lessons were just beyond what we got time for. And I know some of you are like, <laughs> it's almost 10 o'clock. Um, so just beyond what I could have expected or even have time to share with you guys. Robert. Robert. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Robert, let's go to you. Um, what was the most meaningful experience or story that you would like to share to us? Um, sort of, there's so many. Um, normally, when I tell people about either N360 or NC Square, you know, I usually start with fellowship, uh, being around just terrific people, um, the sights that you see, uh, the food. <laughs> you actually gain weight if you're not careful, even though you're riding your bike every day. Um, and usually the last thing I tell people is the, the bikes that we get to ride our bikes, even though that's like the main thing that we do, but it's not really the main thing. So um, to pick one story or one meaningful thing, it, it's just kind of impossible. It's like, how long do we have here? Um, but yeah, longer. so basically it's just everything rolled into one, like Vanessa said, the, the camaraderie that you have with the people, you know, you're all suffering, doing something fun. <laughs> Um, it just creates this bond that you have and um, everybody coming together for a cause, a worthy cause, the Women's Center. Um, it's just incredible. Awesome. Well, just to recap, North Coast Challenge, they raise money for the uh, Women's Center Youth um, and Family Services, and they deal with youth and women who have dealt with domestic violence, sexual assault. Um, they have youth shelters, they have women and children shelters, they have prevention workshops, and the list goes on. Um, and this year, I just want to let you guys know that North Coast, you guys saw it on the board, but was able to raise over $27,000 for, um, for them, which is amazing. So if we can give a round of applause. Thank you for these two that came up and were able to interview. So go ahead, give them a round of applause as well. So in closing today, I just want to remind us what Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, and I'm going to read it from my Bible real fast. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so, sometimes in our relationship with God, we might question what our purpose is. We might question what God has laid out for us. Um, and maybe you guys have never thought of this. Maybe you guys have had a purpose or a calling that might be shifting now. 
or possibly you're very confident in the calling that God has given you. But these verses right here, they, they tell us, they give us a starting point on, on how to figure out what God wants for us. And the first step is to offer our lives as a, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Um, and whether that means time, whether that means finances, whether that means physical labor. Um, and when we do these things, what we'll actually find out is we'll find our calling and we'll find God's will playing out in our lives. And so I'm going to go ahead and pray us out and then we can go ahead and enjoy our Sunday. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for those who have gone out and spread your love and your word. Thank you for those that have supported our missions through the years. Uh, I pray as a church that we can offer our bodies as a living sacrifice and that we could see your will play out in our lives. Lord, I thank you again for the opportunities that our church has to go out and to spread the good news. We love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org.